Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com slash support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about super skid marks. Aaron, tell me about the wackiest antics you ever got up to in an automobile. Oh man, there's been some pretty wacky antics, boat. I'm not going to lie. Uh, let's see, what are the stupidest things I've done in a, in a car? You know, remember when right when you get your license... And mm-hmm. you're, you're king dog of the road. Yeah, you are. So you go out and get all your buddies. It's Everybody time wants to be, to be your the, friend. It's time to be the geek taxi, the, or the mm-hmm. goof taxi. I did a lot of that back in the day. And I remember, I mean, I hadn't had my license for more than, I don't know, a, a, a week. And I was getting on the interstate there at Milton, you know. And at the same time, I was tooling around the radio with a car full of people. I forgot about one small detail to drive the car. And so I, <laughs> I drove off the side of the on-ramp and almost hit the guardrail and spun the car around. Thankfully, there was nothing coming. And I thought to myself, this is why you should be paying attention in your car. So flash forward to that afternoon, I'm driving down Taze Valley Road there at the split in the valley. Mm-hmm. I was fiddling with the radio again at radio. I wasn't paying attention. I just didn't make the split and went right into oh the Oh, my old gosh. I went right down the middle and thankfully slammed on my brakes because there used to be a little parking lot there. I managed to edge into it before I got killed. I was going to say what what used to be there at the split. There was a there was a little uh, there was a little uh, uh, convenience store, Shop a Minute. Okay. I think what it was called. Shop a Minute. Yeah. Um, let's see. I've driven, I got put over by the cops one time because I was driving around with a car full of people and a guy sitting in my trunk smoking a cigarette. That didn't get over with the cops. They liked that. <laughs> I couldn't fit him in, and I will give the cop credit. He said, "Listen." Because I, I put that idiot in the trunk. I said, listen, idiot, you got to pull the thing down. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to stop a car with a goof sitting right. in the trunk. He's like, oh, no problem, man. Well, he's an idiot, of course. And so the cop's like, listen, I'm not going to write you a ticket, but he's got to get in the car. <laughs> and so we shoved him in, you know, as best. I guess this was the days before seatbelt laws. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, I already had like six people in the car. Right, <laughs> it was like a clown car in every sense of the word. So I've done that. I used to deliver pizza. I would go as fast as a man can possibly go down the back roads of Hurricane and Taze Valley. Uh, uh, just potholes be damned. Just run over everything in front of me. I hit a chicken one time. I remember that was pretty traumatic. Is that on Hurricane Creek? Yeah, chicken survived. Yeah. That was that's actually what, no, that was roam. actually on Route sixty. Uh, really? Right I've never seen a chicken a, out there. Welch is a poster. Yeah, well, he wasn't supposed to be oh, there. Oh, yeah. You, you know, know, they broke that sign. I'm not surprised. Probably was a chicken yeah. that did it. Yeah, uh, probably. I've, uh, 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 I remember one time I got a, 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 a crazy call on my phone, and it was from Teresa. She's like, listen, I'm stuck on Mud Mountain. And I looked over off the interstate. It was real snowy and icy, and her car was was hanging off the side of Mud Mountain on the ice. Oh, my god! She gosh. couldn't get out. So I had, to, I had to pull over there real quick, drive up the hill, Get out, run up the ice, help her get out of the car while it was at a, an angle like that, and then get into the car and start driving up the rest of the way. That was pretty creepy. I could have died. Yeah. I could fill a whole show just telling you about the times I almost died in the car just on Mud Mountain, you know, or not in the car. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was plenty of near-death experiences in the car. What about you? Um, 
probably the the wackiest thing is that my first car was a Volvo, 1982 Volvo. Nice. So uh, this was this car was made by the Swedes, you know, and it was made for the skiing, except for the fact that it was rear wheel drive, and if there was one centimeter of, of snow on the ground, it was yeah. immobile, completely yeah, immobile. <laughs> it's not made for the skiing. I can yeah. tell you that right now. <laughs> but I'll tell you, there is there is something weird about this car. Uh, if you uh, put the center armrest down in the back seat, there was a little flap like a doggy door, and it was made for skis. It was made for you to stick your skis into the trunk and up through the little doggy door in the in the above the center armrest, and you could you could put skis in there, right? No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So one day, me and Hat Chad and Da Crabs MTG here in the chat, plus uh-huh. a couple girls. You know how it is. After school, you load up all your friends. And we're t- we're taking them home. I'm running the I'm running the bus route basically. Yeah. And we put, but unbeknownst to the ladies, we had Dan was up front with me. We had two girls in the back seat. Uh-huh. And that's a that's not a good. That was already you got that thing screwed up. <laughs> that's true. We didn't really do, we didn't really know what was going on no. back then. Uh, we, then Hat Chad took his place in the trunk. Okay, because our ingenious plan was that Hat Chad was going to reach his hand through the ski hole and grab one of the girls <laughs> through one and he hole. Did, now? And they screamed. It was so, glorious. It was like thing on the Adams family yeah. just coming up. Yeah. You know that would be a great car to do illicit illegal things in. If you've got yeah. a little portal to the trunk. Mm-hmm. That would be, <laughs> not, you know, you ever been? What's the junkiest car you've ever rode in, like down the highway? Oh my gosh, probably, uh, man. There were maybe Brent's car that he drove in high school. You mean that the, his uh, uh, BMW? There was that white car. Oh, it, was, no. it was a white yeah, car. It was that like a Fairlane or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that's crap. probably. I mean, and it wasn't that junky. It was just old. You know. Cars got, as I was younger, you know, back in the day, I mm-hmm. drove with some real duds. I drove in a car one time. It was one of those Volkswagen Rabbits. Remember those? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the dude, you remember the, uh, you remember the Dairy Mart there in, right in the middle of Hurricane? It's right across yeah. from the fire department. There's a, yeah. You can go up that little hill and hit the road right there that goes up the hill beside the Dairy Mart. But they built, they didn't want people doing it, so they built this huge, colossal speed bump of death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was huge. It was like they this wide, like this tall. Yeah. My buddy drove his rabbit over that with a car full of people. He was jacked up on Rush at the time, so he didn't know what was going on. And I felt that thing go up under the floor. Like, you could see the floor go, like, bow. Holy cow. And then a couple weeks later, I drove in his car, and he was missing part of his floor. So you could see the road underneath. <laughs> you know, oh, like Actually, you know what? I take it back. There was, a, there was a guy in band. His name was Don Mines, and he had a van. And we used to, I went to a drum corps show with him one time, and I remember being in the back of the van, trying to sleep in the van, and realizing there was a hole in the floor of the van right where I was. (laughs) You can see that. And so that was that was that was not great. And then Dan also mentions our friend TJ. He had a Geo Metro. Remember the Geo Metro? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That one, the door was held closed by a bungee cord. Listen, as someone who used a, 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 a shoestring as a windshield wiper for many years, I'm, I'm, <laughs> down, I'm down with that. I, I remember uh, the scariest I've ever been in a car. I was driving to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show for the first time in Charleston at the cinema with my buddy Jerry and this blonde chick I didn't know. She was cute. She was mm-hmm. dressed like Madonna, right, which was yeah. also sexy at the time. Mm-hmm. And she was driving as fast as her car could go. I don't remember what kind of car this thing was, but I remember that it had no panel in the front. There was no speedometer, <laughs> no gas, no nothing. Uh, she had no, I mean, I don't mean like 
the lights didn't work. I mean, it was mm-hmm. not there. And I asked the bees, I'm like, what the heck happened to this panel? Oh, your car wreck. Some, yeah, I don't know what the hell happened to it. But she didn't know how, she didn't know how much, she told me. She's like, yeah, I think I got enough gas. And I knew she was going like 100. I mean, it was unbelievably, <laughs> and she couldn't drive for nothing either. And then, I, plus I was on my way to see the Rocky Horror, and they told me that horrible things happen to you the first time you see it. Right. You know, and I, so I had a picture in my head. Oh, my God, I'm driving at breakneck speed to my death. Ended up being a good night, but I do recall that one. So we both collectively been in a lot of bad cars. That's pretty Yeah, sure. but there's there. I think there's one thing that we both share. Yeah, and that's Shaw Lane. Yeah, <laughs> Shaw Lane. <laughs> Could you elaborate? So Shaw Lane is the road that connects basically the two parts of Hurricane together. You've got like the Virginia Avenue side, and you've got the the, the Main Street side. Yeah, and there's this road. I can't even believe that it's a road. Uh, at the time when I was, when I first was driving, it was in high school, it was barely passable. Yeah. Now I believe it's just a full on lake. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's impassable now. It's a road only in the, in the Roman na- notion of the concept of road. <laughs> you know, really the road getting to your house there, there's a lot of bad roads in Hurricane. It's getting, They're getting to be worse. like Charlene. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. funny. One thing that's scary in West Virginia right now, since we just had that ice storm is there's so much the interstate is poxmarked. There are just huge craters everywhere. And when mm-hmm. you're going at 90, those could really cause some damage. I mean, it's brutal out there. They had to stop the interstate uh, last year because a hole had opened up that was so big that like 15 people had blown out their front of their car on it. You remember that? Wow. Yeah. yeah. They had to that, was what, that was what spurred on our road construction program, which yeah. I believe ground to a halt with the yeah. pandemic. Hey, so. got, got no money either, so that's the way yeah. it goes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, with, we, are, we are the perfect people to play this game, Boo. That's for darn yes. sure. <laughs> All right, Aaron, but before we play the game, it's time to talk about this week's Amiga News. Cue the robot. Cue the train. Amiga News. Travel train. All right, Aaron, we are kicking things off with our good buddy Doug, the 10-minute Amiga Retrocast. He is back at it. He's still building A2000s. This week, what's he up to, Aaron? Oh, man. He's getting into it. He goes, you know me, Boat. Alex I, I, I said, I enjoy this stuff. So this is Doug effectively uh, doing stuff like installing the power supply, checking uh, checking out everything to make sure it's going to work. He goes through and uh, talks about, like, right here, you can see him talking, <laughs> the case screws. You know, <laughs> listen, I like, I like keeping stuff intact and pure and stuff. But I can tell you now, I've been in the computer game for a long time. I have never cared about case screws. I never pay attention. Chance those are not the original case no, screws. No, are you kidding me? You know, I they those get tossed every time. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I just I've got a huge bucket of screws and I put stuff in. But yeah, this is basically Doug prepping this bad boy, getting it fired up. You know, he's got a couple You know what of he should 2000s. do is he should just not put that back in the case at all and mount it to the wall beside him. You got that right. Hey, listen. I got the inspiration for doing this from Doug. He there you did go. It. You didn't there give him go. any grief. You were like, oh, good move, Doug. Mouth on the back of a monitor. But if I mouth on the side of my kid's shelf, I got sitting here, I'm the jerk. I can't figure that out. But anyway, now, Doug Doug gets into it. It's, just, it's good stuff as always. One half hour of Doug struggling to, to make cords fit and stretch stuff. Boy, I've been there, pal. Having cords come up short, having to swap stuff around. It's the same old crap that always comes up when you're building a computer boat. Mm-hmm. So it looks like this is not the end of the tale. I think that there's probably going to be a part three to this. What oh, you say? Yeah, no, there absolutely is going to be a part three. He uh, he mentioned it in the show. So yeah, but it's good stuff. If you are into uh, just watching, this is a lot like Neil stuff. When you just watch it, you watch kind of this mellow guy. 
This is why I don't make these videos. Because when I'm doing this, I'm not mellow. I'm not calmly <laughs> demonstrating what happens. I'm like, get in there. Get in there. Maybe I'll demonstrate it on my on our blue channel. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd like to see that scream. stream where you were trying to connect that header to the Unamiga. I would have loved to have seen that. Oh, yeah. it was That was quite a tale. That one will never see the light of day because I did record the first, when I first did that. I was like, oh, I can't release this. But, yeah, good stuff from Mr. Doug, as always, man. So next up, we have a new bill, a new uh, video from our friend Amiga Bill, and he is previewing a new game called Bean versus the Animator. Aaron, yeah. Uh, now this is, of course, Bill. He, when it comes to video production and being slick and being a damn handsome man, yeah. Everybody does it better. This game is a, it's it's really kind of a homage, I guess you could say, to the classic arcade game Terminator 2. This is the one that had the gun mounted to the front. You uh, could call like, it homage. That would not be what I called it. <laughs> it, it I, might I would be, call I might it a, a clone of yeah. the, with some weirdness so, kicked in. But, I mean, it's still in, uh, it's still in, uh, uh, in production. As yeah, this is this is an early video. It does feature uh, some some wacky antics. There are people that are moving across the screen that that are that are weird. But uh, if you're a fan of the Terminator game for the Amiga and you want something new to get your fix, this might be a fun one. Uh, if they ever did hook up the light gun support, especially with that new Sindon light gun. Now, Aaron, you you uh, you. You kickstarted one of these things, right? Yeah, I've got one sitting right behind me, actually. Yeah, so it's uh, funny because I've never plugged it in, boat, unfortunately. But well, because this was meant to go to my arcade, and I haven't been in the arcade, uh, so yeah. I haven't plugged it in. But uh, let me—I um, I don't know if you watched. Did you watch this whole thing? I watched—I watched this uh, the other day, mm -hmm. and the—the the, so what you've got here is yes, it's a shooting game, and he, when he says this works with the sending light gun, there's a but, and the but is that you can't just go and hook your sending light gun up to your Amiga and start going to work. It, that ain't the way it works. The light gun don't work on the Amiga. So what he's talking, in emulation, but effectively, you can emulate this on an Amiga emulator and hook the sending light gun up to the emulator and play it on, like, your Windows PC. So just to clear the air there. Because when I was first flipping through this, I, I left the room for a minute, and I came back, and he was talking about the sending light gun. I was like, holy crap! And, but no, you can't hook this up. Well, that makes sense because the Sinon is a USB-powered device, isn't it? Well, so a lot of Amigas have USB ports, but it's also, it's just, it right now, I mean, hey, you never know. Never say never. But uh, it, right now, this is uh, just for uh, emulation. And Bill also told, said he had trouble getting this to work on his real Amiga, and so he ended up using uh, his uh, Pi Amiga on this. Uh, so mm -hmm. that's something they're probably still working out, the kinks. So it's probably an NTSC thing, I'd wager. Uh, mm -hmm. So, but yeah. Hey, this looks pretty good. I mean, you know, I, I uh, if you're into these sort of like mouse pointer games, mm -hmm. uh, look at that killer clown. That's a weird graphics jump from. <laughs> this is a strange game. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be a weird one. But yeah, it's it's new shooting game. I I do like these sort of games, so I'll definitely give this one a whirl. Boot. Cool, cool. Next up, Aaron, this is a game that was first we were first made aware of on our Amigos High Score Discord Challenge a couple months ago. This is a game called Smarty and the Nasty Gluttons. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe this comes to us from somewhere over in Scandinavia. I can't remember exactly where. Um, but uh, this was a, uh, a game that was very heavily played on our High Score Challenge. And actually, I think it's a pretty awesome game myself. Uh, it's one of these. It's it's a kind of bubble bobble ish, but it is a scrolling uh, platformer. It's a sol a scrolling single screen platformer, I guess you could call it. Uh, I, it's a really fun game, and it's now available in a deluxe uh, collector's edition. 
for uh, 25 pounds. You can get it right now. Comes with the box. Comes with a full color instruction booklet, a badge, and a selection of stickers, Aaron. So badges. If you're, that's right. Badges. You don't. You don't need. I'm not even. Do I just when you badges. said badge, I just. I was like, this comes with a badge. You that know, is, that's that's one of those references. I don't know where it comes from. I, don't know. I, that, I, it, I know it's from a movie, but I remember yeah. it from uh, Blazing Saddles. Personally, maybe it maybe I, it came from Blazing Saddles. It, 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 no, they parodied it from someone else. I'm sure someone mm. in the uh, chat room. This game, I think we talked about this before. The game looks great. I, I've not played it. It looks it looks spectacular. Yeah. Uh, but the name is no good. <laughs> you don't like it. You I don't, don't like, like Smarty and the Smarty nasty and the glutton. nasty gluttons. No. Well, as a nasty glutton, you probably are. You got that by right. That, what do you think, Smarty? <laughs> 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 we should sue this guy. We're getting hosed here. What do you think and about it comes these twenty-five to us, uh, pounds uh, for the uh, box? And the game. Let's so assume mm-hmm. the game's awesome. What do you th- is that? You think it's a pretty decent price? Well, I've played this game many times. Oh, you have. So, so, so the game is awesome. Yeah. What do you think? Do you, I wonder if you ever listened to the words that I say. I thought you said you'd played it, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to jump. I didn't insert anything. Did uh, now this comes to us from the same developers that put out a ton of awesome software, mostly for the Spectrum and the C sixty four. This uh, Bitmap Soft. If you're interested into that boxed game scene, yeah. uh, give these guys give these guys a look. They they've they've done a lot of great stuff. And uh, and uh, we you know if you're the type of person that likes putting boxes on a shelf. Uh, check them out. You know, I never was that. By the way, Rob Flecko here to the rescue. He says that is originally from the treasure of the Sierra Madre. So good. Well done, okay. Rob. Thank um, you, Rob. I was never one of these guys that likes to put crap on a shelf. But it's funny because as I've gotten older, suddenly I kind of like a few bits of crap on the shelf. Yeah, so you're I, definitely not surrounded by crap on shelves all around you right now. Well, listen, that's those. that was not for show. That was for go back there. It's not like I was doing it to, to be King Dong. But... I what think, are you saying? Are you saying everybody that likes to put stuff on a shelf wants to be King Dong? No, I'm saying I want to be show? King Dong, but the shelves aren't going to get you there. It takes more, boat. It takes a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, the box for this looks good. And if it comes with a badge, and for 25 pounds, what's it, about uh, 40 U.S. bucks, like 35 bucks, boat, somewhere in that ballpark? Yeah, something like that. So that's that's that seems okay. Um, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 25 bucks for, or 25 pounds for a box game in this day and age with the badge. It's yeah. all it's it's all good. There you go. Now, Aaron, I'll tell you what's not all good, Uh-oh, and that's my feelings time. about Black Dawn Rebirth. Oh man, now here we go. When I saw this pop up, I knew I was going to be in for it. Now, you know, even though this type of game is not my my, my bag or my jam, yeah, uh, I realize that it has quite a popular following because yeah. for a lot of people, they enjoy being lost in dank, dark dungeons and doing stuff at one frame per frame, but. If you're one of those people and you're also cheapskate, you're in luck because Black Dawn Rebirth is now free, Aaron. Yeah. Well, it's actually name your own price. We all know what that means. It's no, free. No, you you got to give the guy a couple. But listen, we played this game. I know you buried yes. it. You know, it's funny, Boat. A side note on this. I believe it was last week when I was talking about Unamiga Friday Night uh, Amigo Aaron Superstream mm-hmm. that they told me that I'd played, like, effectively the prequel to this by random. Go figure. Really? Huh. Like the name fails me, but they're like, hey, and sure enough, it was eerily similar in, in some ways to this. Uh, so, uh, but uh, yeah, listen, the guy's giving it away. And this was, yeah. a, I, we both thought this, I know it's not your bag, but I thought it was a decent game, my friend. Yeah, for the, for the type of genre that this is, it's a decent game. Yeah, Absolutely. it is. Look at this. 64 colors on the screen at once, 
right? And I, I mean, do appreciate the fact that it is PAL and NTSC compatible. A lot of a lot of games aren't; they're just PAL only. Right. So it, it yeah, plays on a, for that. it plays on just like your normal one and a half meg uh, uh, Amiga with one mega chip. Not bad. Three mm-hmm. mm-hmm. D movement effects for the faster Amigas. Hey, listen, hard. It's got a lot going for it. Plus, listen, you've got a lot of games I don't like to play that you play, but I'm not sure. going to call them garbage, right? This is the, this is a nice effort, an excellent piece of work from a guy, and now he's giving it one of these buy at your own price. Go out, give this guy some dough, and grab this sucker. That's a good deal. So I fully endorse it. Well done, sir. All right, Aaron. And our last story comes to us from our show sponsor, RetroRewind.ca. Now, over the past couple weeks, Aaron, we have talked about some of the Amiga items they have on offer there. Yeah. But today I wanted to talk about something that you can buy for the venerable Commodore 64. Now, you know how it is when you're a 1541 owner. You're hanging and banging. Yeah. And sometimes you got to pack that bad boy up and take it on the road. Yeah. Well, guess what? If you don't stick your transit card in there, you're going to be boned because... If you if that thing starts jostling around, look, bam, right there. There it is. I'm gonna go That's to still store right there. here. Check this out. When I when he I got my package, look at that, y'all. There it is. There it is. The the ever popular transit card. It's funny right. because normally, as you know, boat, I just toss around 1541s like they're going out of style. Ignore that. <laughs> <He's back. laughs> anyway, so, I knew that was gonna happen. Now, what, what what happens? What what does this thing do? Well, the tab pushes the head stepper mechanism back to track zero when the card is inserted into the drive. So it makes it safe to transport. And guess what? This thing can be yours for the low low price of one dollar, Aaron. Yeah. One dollar. But that's not all. That's not all, Aaron. For Amigos listeners only, uh, our buddy Frank over at Retro Rewind is offering a special promo code. If you order something from Retro Rewind, you can take 10% off your order using the promo code AmigosRock. Just put that promo code in. It will save you 10% until the end of March, until March 31st. Now, so uh, if now is the time to act. If you are in the market for you know any of these things we've been talking about, the Amiga RGB to HDMI adapter, uh, the transit card, any of the, di- the, uh, the, the harnesses for the diagnostics, and the plip box to get your Amiga online, any of that stuff, 10% off your order with the promo code AmigosRock. Cool. Hey, we've got a and promo thank, code. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and we thank Retro Rewind for sponsoring this episode of Amigos. Yes, thank you. And I will say, uh, um, I, I've looked through that site extensively, and I've also uh, got privy to some information. There's, there's, there's good stuff out there, and there's good stuff coming. So they, these guys are going to work. Yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron, speaking of going to work, Let's talk about this week's game, Super Skid Marks. Right on, man. So, <clears throat> Boat, you know, this is, we should have mentioned that this is our, uh, what do we call this, what do we call these weeks where we're going back and, and re-looking at these? Do you have an official this name? Is, this, this is the, yeah, this is the second look. The, the Amigos second, second look. The Amigos second look. Mm-hmm. All right. And you so, know we can't have anything without giving it a goofy name. Yeah. It's is the there, law. We need a robot to state that in some way. <laughs> Anyways, so I looked it up. Uh, the original... We looked at this Super Skid Marks game way back in episode 34. Do you want to... I guess we should probably... Since this is, the, is this the first time we've done this? It is, right? This is. This is the now, first why time don't we've you, done it. Why don't you explain what this is before I keep going? So we've been doing Amigos for a long time. And uh, the, the first 50 or so episodes... I'd say the first 50 to say episode 278. We didn't know what we were doing. No. 
Uh, it's only really been within the past week that we've gotten a handle now, on Now, as you can tell by that last segment, I have no way you So, anyway, the first 50 episodes of Amigos, we did not have a uh, an audio or a video component to the show. What we would do is we would record the audio version of the podcast, and then we would record us playing the game for a little bit, and that would be the show. Yeah. So, uh and a lot of times, you know, the show had, was was still taking shape, I guess, is a, is a, is a kind way to put it. Uh, so what we've decided to do is uh, put those 50 episodes up to the Amigos Game Selection Committee. And by vote, they will select every time this category comes around a, a game for us to take another look at. And the first one is Super Skid Marks. Now, you may be wondering who suggested Super Skid Marks for the first time. It was uh, yeah. the one and only Chris yeah. In fact, and he, this was uh, this, this the first was, week I, he'd been supporting this too. Amazing. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And so uh, we're bringing it back, Super Skid Mark. So this was originally Amigos episode thirty-four from way back in yep. twenty sixteen. Aaron, in this video, if you're watching the video version of the podcast, you're seeing us play the game picture in picture. Aaron, you appear to be fifteen to forty-five years older in this video than well, you currently listen, are. I mean, I fell, I fell uh, into a trap back in those days. For whatever reason, I don't know what I was thinking, but but I was back in those days. I was dyeing my beard white. It was weird. You know? and so finally, I just finally said, "Listen, I'm going to let nature take its course." And thankfully, this lush, dark beard that you see before you is my natural hair color. But yeah, I don't know what I was doing back in those days. Yeah, you know, well, I was drinking a lot of milk back then too, and I think I had a little stain action on there. That's you know? right. That's right. Um, so yeah, boat pretty much summed everything up. Thirty four. The original runtime on this, I was talking to Boat before the show, for the entirety of the show, it was 29 minutes. So we've got we've gotten much more long-winded uh, since yeah. those days, Boat. And I also want to mention that the very first episode we ever did that had video was episode 44. And it instantly goes off the rails. If you ever want to have a good laugh, I mean, this thing, we weren't on, we weren't on video for two minutes before we, it's long pauses where we just stared at each other. It looks like we recorded on one of those Game Boy cameras. I mean, it's just, the, it is the dirt works mode. So, listen, we still suck, but our tech has improved. Yes. So, this was, in fact, voted upon to be looked at uh, by our good friends over there. And uh, I think they chose an interesting uh, one to look at. I was actually looking forward to going back and looking at this one. So, uh, this was released in 1995, uh, Boatster. This thing came on uh, on seven discs. I couldn't believe that. Uh, you could actually have... I've got four players here, but you could actually cajole and do stuff here to actually get just get a ton of players. I think you could have a total... I think you could have, you could have two... On the keyboard, two joysticks. I think you could have up to eight players if you had the, the right rig, as I recall, mm. uh, which we'll get into that. Um, this was developed by Acid, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Acid's an interesting company, Boat. Uh, we didn't touch on this much in any first uh, look. So Acid's an outfit that was founded in 90, and it was headquartered in Auckland, New Zealand, of all mm. places. So here's the wacky bit of this. So this game is well known for being made... I think they said it was 95% made in Blitz Basic. Okay. Right. In, in fact, I, I can't remember if it's on this game or the original Skid Marks, but they actually feature that on the title screen. It oh. says this game was programmed in Blitz it's in Basic. The, it's in the manual of this one, that's for sure. So Blitz Basic was also published by Acid. So, and, uh, and here's the neat thing is the guys at Acid were right beside another outfit that was like basically... Uh, uh, 
it's another outfit called uh, Vision Software. Mm-hmm. And so these guys were all like working on Blitz Basic and working on this stuff. But the funny thing is, I this I didn't know. <clears throat> so I asked the software, I just assumed they were a game outfit, right? According to the, according to their write up, their what they mostly did was they in they made stuff that was involved in involved like paint and coatings. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. And they did So this they, was like a side business to their normal As far business. as I could tell, this was some sort of side business. Uh, and they also specialized in in broadcast in the broadcast like sports statistics. So they had their hand in a bunch of different pies and uh, they mm. did a bunch of crazy stuff. So you got to say for a, for an outfit that did paint, paint technology and broad and broadcasting and stats, they put together a pretty good game. Yeah, consider, yeah. If you consider all that craziness, I don't know how many games we've covered that were came from New Zealand either. But I think that's kind of neat mm-hmm. that uh, that these guys came from New Zealand. So, Acid did do games. Uh, they did uh, a game called Defender. There's a game called Guardian. I keep hearing a lot about it. Uh, Zeron and about and then they did a ton of skid marks. I want. It's something else I want to talk about. So. You're probably asking yourself, so what's what's skid marks are we doing? We we did super skid marks, mm-hmm. but they, you've got skid marks in '93, then you've got super skid marks, aka skid marks two. Okay, that same game '95. Now listen to this. Here's some other stuff they released: super silly skid marks, super skid marks plus. Then uh, released a bunch of data discs, an enhanced CD-ROM, super skid marks. And this one's particularly intriguing. Super Skid, this is listed on here, Super Skid Mart's Farmyard Edition. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. I, did <laughs> now, see I that. didn't get to play that, but that's that's on my list. Apparently, the Super Skid Mart's Enhanced CD version was sort of something they put out to be played uh, along, it would be part of the CD TV, among other things, if you can believe that. This would have been well after the CD TV went under. So, let's talk about the people behind this that worked at Acid. The artist or the uh, the uh, the fellow that coded it uh, was named uh, Andrew Blackborn. His buddy was Simon Armstrong. These are two of the guys that just basically like basically ran acid. And they yeah, both, and yeah, go ahead. I, I do want to because I'm sure that we'll be corrected on this if I don't say it. That, that Super Skidmark CD that was for the CD32, not the CDTV. Well, from what I read, that the CDTV they w- could ru- that was the one it could run. That's what I. Okay. That's why I mentioned that. Okay. Which uh, that's a, that's surprises me. But yeah, because I read some people. Uh, I did a lot of forum lurking to get some information mm. on this, and that's something okay. that came up over and over. Um, the uh, uh, anyway, those guys basically worked on the Super Sidbar series. You had the rest of these guys. They're graphic guys. A lot of these guys worked on Gloom. If you remember Gloom, both mm-hmm. the uh, FPS, and, right? <clears throat> yeah, uh, and uh, one guy had also worked on Roadkill, uh, Seek and Destroy. Uh, they released this. This game got released for the ECS, OCS, and AGA, and that's something you'll see. Even the first Skidworks had sort of an AGA disc for, for like the enhanced colors, uh, and this also got one port, and that was to the uh, Mega Drive. And I believe I could be wrong here, but I think that's a European port. I don't know if that got did. Do you, did you read where that got released in the states or not? I don't think it did. I don't think it did either, but it's, it's hard yeah. to say. Uh, so. What do you do in this game? Well, uh, part of me just wants to scream at the, uh, what do you do? Because the first thing you do is look at the menu for this and wonder what they were smoking. <laughs> Listen, I remember whining about this the first time we played it, so I'm just going to go ahead and get it out of the way. The menu system for this is crap. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. It's one of the all-time worst menus I've ever seen. And I well, don't just mean because it's ugly. I mean because it's inefficient in every conceivable yeah. way. 
Go ahead, yeah, Bo. Yeah, yeah. It's it is ugly. I don't know that it's it's the worst menu system ever devised because I'd I'd rather have text than that awful uh, settlers you know menu system that's just incomprehensible to anybody except for people that I guess don't live in America. Um, the the problem is, is like you said, it's inefficient. You have to use tons of clicks to get anywhere when you could do most of the stuff that you'd want to do from half the amount of menus. Yeah. So it, it is ugly and it is inefficient. And if you, like, for example, I want to play a game with uh, where I get to pick a different car. Okay. Good luck. Go digging through it. Now, I know how to do it now. You know, you have to pick a championship, but it's a pain in the butt. I want to get rid of some of the computer players. Well, that's You can do it. I'm not saying you can't do stuff, but you have to dig for it, and it's confusing yeah. and poorly worded. If you yeah. go back and look at the original skid marks, it doesn't give you as many options, but it's so much more professional-looking and, and less hokey-looking and goofy and, and yeah. bizarre. Even mm -hmm. the Genesis version, which gives you practically no options. All right, I mean, it's, but I mean, it's and even it's sort of stupid. The menus and that are, are goofy too. I don't know what it is about these guys getting a menu system together, but the menus in this suck. So that's one thing you just have to get you have to get used to it. They're crap. Yeah, you can play Pong. It ain't worth it. I mean, the the colors in them are dumb. I just hate them. I hate it. This is, when I think of bad menu, this is the game. It really looks like the menu screen looks like something out of an 8-bit game. Maybe that's I mean, the it's... part that didn't blitz basic. and there was stuff that... Yeah. <laughs> that probably changed the but that's the 5% that they didn't do in blitz basic. So, right. Uh, this game is a is a is a game where you race cars around a, a dirt tracks. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, you get a selection of cars uh, at, when you play in a in the championship modes. And there's also just a race, sort of a race for fun mode. Uh, you can race against computer cars. You could race against uh, humans, uh, and you could ch change the amount of each that you race against. Nothing there that's unusual. What makes this game truly stand out is the actual racing part of the game when you've picked a car and it's on the track and you start going that's when this game you, you when you see this why people talk about it uh the uh the way this renders the track and the way your car feels going around this track it's i don't think i've ever played before or since i don't think i've ever played a game that has the same a weird feeling that this does it's a good weird uh, we've played plenty of these over-the-top games, Boat, over the years, and, and we just got finished playing uh, 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 off-road and some other stuff. So we, you know, we're more than a little familiar with these sorts of games. This one, the way the track is, what the, ge the 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 geometry of the track makes this one a standout for me. It runs at a breakneck clip, uh, Boat. It's super smooth, silky smooth. It's even got two and three player split screen, if you could believe that. And they're smooth as silk. Uh, the uh, tracks are beautiful. They're very colorful tracks. And uh, the I've been I want to get your thought on this boat. I've been pondering what makes this game feel like it does when you drive. And I think I figured it out the other day when I was playing this. You know when you'd go around a corner and something, you can see the the texture of the tracks, the the, uh, the geometry of the track. It mm -hmm. reminds me of what it's like when you play a golf game and the computer is rendering the green like a good. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, it, you can see there there's some there's some height to it. You can see all yeah. the different uh, the, right. the vertical contours. Yeah, for sure. it's it's it's. I don't think and and the funny thing is it doesn't translate. I didn't think it even that part even translated to the Genesis. It's it's simply an Amiga thing. You know, Boat, I know you've played this more than a few times. What were your, when you came back to it, what were your opening thoughts on how this played, how it felt? 
Um, it's well, the control is loosey goosey. Yeah, it's your your car doesn't drive on the track as much as it sort of floats above it. You don't get any sort of traction at all. Um, the, 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 you know, it's, it's mega drifting all the time, you know, at all speeds, you're drifting around corners and stuff. And it's something, it's not bad necessarily. It's just something that you've got to get used to because it's very, the, the, you're, you, you, you think that the tires are going to grip the ground more than it does, especially cause you're on a dirt track, you know, you're not on an ice field. Um, the thing that I think is unique about this game is the way that the tracks are rendered in the viewpoint. Uh, I know that somebody mentioned uh, ATR all-terrain racing in the chat. Um, that is the closest comparison probably to this game, but it's still not. It's it, all ATR is more like Micro Machines that, than than this game is. This this is a truly unique viewpoint where you have an isometric perspective, but then you also have a scrolling screen. It's more like RC Pro Am, which I uh, which uh, you know is a very popular game made by Rare for the uh, for the for the Nintendo. Yeah. Um, where you know it's it's but this game is it's a much better game than RC. Pro program um the uh you see just the the action is zoomed out but they're still scrolling so to me this is like a very happy medium and of course there's high res mode in this game which doesn't zoom out at all and at at which point it becomes just like super sprint or uh or off-road but when you play it in its native resolution uh you see just enough of the track to where you don't feel like stuff is surprising you right but you're zoomed in close enough that you can see details on the track you can see the other car racers and stuff i think it's that that is the most impressive thing about this game to me is they managed to they managed to nail the draw distance. It's very, very good. Uh, I never felt like I was being cheated by the track like I did when I was playing Micro Machines. So that was my first impression of the game. I, uh, you know, I've complained about that in the past. When we when fight Micro Machines is one that comes to mind, is that they don't scroll ahead enough. I believe Roadkill was another one where I had the same issue, where they just they didn't give you enough uh, information to make determinations as to which way to go. You know, mm-hmm. now I'm sure somebody could figure it out, but it was too. The drawing was too close to me. Now this, when you play this in single player mode, uh, it's fine. Now when you get into the split screen stuff, yeah, you don't get as much real estate. But on the flip side, for God's sake, you're playing two and three little split screen on the Amiga at full speed. Right. So you're right. willing to make those sacrifices when you've got that going on. Um, it is amazing how this, how it. Uh, you're right. It's it's unique amongst these sorts of games. The way it scrolls and the way it was, they're very. It's just a very smooth affair. Uh, I want to talk about uh, the game itself. You can, Matt. You can make your own races up, uh, and and you can pick laps, which is something else missing from the Genesis version. You can, like on this one, you can play up to two laps all the way up to like twenty, I think. Uh, and the Genesis version, you can, at the, the earliest, you could pick is four laps. Uh, these tracks are. They go from just like a figure eight. To like super duper convoluted, like difficult tracks yeah. that you'll go to, but you can pick all the tracks. Plus, you know, if you've got the track packs uh, or the or CD version, where it'll it'll load extra tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe you can even make your own tracks. The uh, uh, which I haven't tried any of that stuff. I believe you can even make your own car. I think the tools mm-hmm. are. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. I think somebody on the Discord was talking about yeah. that using using something and maybe depaint or something to render the cars. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. They mentioned in the book that if you're good at it, to contact them, they won't, they won't hire you. <laughs> which I thought was funny. Um, once you've, if you just want to play a casual uh, set of races, you can do that. And 
that's okay. But if you want to play the circuit, you've got to, you've got to you. It, it's just like a normal race circuit. Uh, you get points depending on your how you place, and you get so many retries before you're out. That's pretty simple stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they give you a multitude of different vehicles on this. You got everything from the Mini Coopers all the way up to monster trucks. Uh, you can run, you can drive cows, which is strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can drive Porsches. There's a caravans, F1, campers, yeah, F one mm-hmm. cars. You can attach caravans to any of these uh, uh, cars you want. I, did you did you try the caravan mode at all? No, I didn't. I, I, did. I did. I did see it play. Did 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 it control any differently? It was. It's a. It's a little goofier. You know. I, I'm. A, I know you hate it, but a test drive. Uh, even destruction on the Xbox, where you can have those caravan races. I'll, I. I like that actually. It makes it more fun. But one of the things that's fun in that verse is you can you can whack people with the caravan, knock them off and stuff. You can whack people with the caravan in this, but I, I didn't see them falling off anywhere. Mm-hmm. But it, it and, and the caravans all say acid on them, which I thought was cute, like mm-hmm. on the roof of them. But you can attach the caravans. That caravans will cut down the amount of people can play too mm-hmm. now you, the amount of cars you can have on the track but you can if you want to but like i said they've got porsches they've got cooper mini coopers they've got trucks they've got f1 racers uh they've got uh like muscle cars you know a bunch of different cars they do handle differently at different speeds you know sometimes you feel like you're in pretty good control you're not going real fast uh, sometimes you feel like you can't like you're controlling a rocket ship on ice because it's so quick so you the the different cars do make a difference do you think so? Because I tried a bunch of different cars, and they all seem to handle exactly the same. Well, for me. to me, the speed was the biggest difference. The the, the like the F one goes a lot faster than say the I truck. Guess, I guess I guess the problem is, is when you're you know when you pick a car, all the cars turn into that car, right. and so you know, and, and and so the the speed is sort of irrelevant because everybody's going at the same speed. Yeah, that that is odd. Uh, that that part of it, the uh, the and the. You mentioned, I want to mention this too before I forget it, you mentioned the high-res mode. Uh, mm-hmm. How often did you find yourself going to that? Uh, I, pl- I played a good bit of it. I mean, I went back and forth. I never used it. I didn't like it. Uh, really? I, I, no, I, I didn't like it because it made things too small. I didn't like mm-hmm. I liked, I like it more zoomed in, I believe it or not. Yeah. Well, like uh, I, I said, the, the, looks, the default view, yeah, the default view is a cooler look. Um, but sometimes it's nice to play it in the high-res mode just for a change of pace and get to, to see all the track at once. Right, right. Um, I've got to ask you, how how did you fare at this? And by that, I mean, how difficult did you find the computer to, to beat in this game? The computer is very difficult yeah. in this game. Um, you know, I managed to do okay on the early tracks that weren't as difficult. Uh, I managed to win a couple races, but once things started to get beyond the normal figure eight, uh, you know, the computer was just so good and you couldn't make any mistakes. You knew you had to take every single one of those turns perfectly or you'd immediately go to last place. And there's no rubber banding in this game. Once you're in last place, it's over. I mean, yeah. there's, there's no coming back from it. So this is a game. Now me and you, as you can see here, if you're watching the video versus back in the day, we played a lot of this, uh, on the mm-hmm. uh, split screen. And I enjoy it a lot. It's just a much better game to play with your buddy or buddies. Yeah, no This question. is one of those rare games that allows... A, I mean, it's funny to me, as we look at this god-awful menu, that, that you could put together something that's ugly and, and but add so many cool features to a beautiful game. This game, not only does it have two 
or three split screen, you know, multiplayer action. You can hook multiple Amigas to each other to play this. You can play mm-hmm. this over land. You can also uh, they they have the instructions on here to how to how to build a uh, I guess a serial port joystick adapter. And so you can and this thing supports it. So you could add extra joysticks to that and have uh, players using that to play on, on here. So you've got a lot of options. It even has an option to have multiple players on the same screen. You know, right. which is nice instead of having to split. So I mean, you've got every sort of option. This game, it seems to me that they built this from the ground up to be played in, like at your house, basically. There's, with your there's no question. There's no question, and I'll tell you why. Okay, what year did this game come out? Ninety five, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna ask yeah. you a series of questions. Okay, please. One, does this game contain any sort of career mode? It does not. Can you save any of your statistics in this game, win-loss records, etc.? No. Is there a time trial mode? No. Okay. Are there any, are there any road hazards that impact play? No. Are you? There's are also you sensi- no upgrades to your car. No right. weapons. There's no uh, uh, engine modifications. Uh, there's none of that stuff. This is this is my personal theory on this game. This this is basically this game was developed as a you know a small project by one of the guys that works on Blitz Basic in part as an advertisement for what could be done in Blitz Basic and a really really fun multiplayer game. In that way, it's a lot more similar to a public domain game than a, than most commercially released games. Okay, I'll buy that. Uh but they sure sold a lot of these. <laughs> uh they also if you read to the the uh, the manual I looked. I actually played the first one and the second one just to see what the flavor was like, and uh, they often mention uh, how much they don't like piracy. The whole manual was tongue in cheek, you know. And they, but that's something that's a reoccurring theme with this. So they mm-hmm. uh, they must have been trying to turn over some sort of cash on it. Plus, they did have that console release. Oh so, yeah, I'm in this. I'm sure this game sold a billion copies. It because, was very popular. Yeah, yes. because I mean, it is a good racing game as long as you're not used to playing other racing games released in the same time period like if you're into single player racing at all if you're into any of the sort of you know things that extend the life beyond just sitting beside your buddy and playing against him yeah. you're going to be disappointed but if you want a good if you want a good multiplayer experience with a variety of tracks and a bunch of goofy car models that all perform more or less the same way this is fine well, I thought that I, I really I thought that I thought you I could tell a pretty big difference between the cars. I could not. I played a bunch of different models, and aside, like you said, there are speed differences, but I didn't really notice the way that the cars handled to be much different. I mean, obviously, it's going to be easier to corner when you're driving a slower car because you're moving at a slower rate of speed. Yeah, um, it's funny. We talked about off road earlier, which is a game. I think we I think we're safe to con- to uh, compare the two. And it, off-road does allow you, uh, there's more, there's more variance of what you can do in off-road. Like, the, like think of this game if you'd had that turbo uh, situation. Think mm-hmm. of this game if you'd had... They could have, you know, you know it, it's a recurring refrain on this show. If they'd only done this, this, and this, this could have been an all-time classic. I mean, if they would have put cash to pick up on the tracks, 
put a little shop in between, you know, just just borrowed things from games that were already successful yeah. and allowed you to save your game over the course of a career so you could save all those upgrades. Because, I mean, this is, again, it's 1995. It's not 1989. They should have done that. Then this game, I mean, it could have been something that you could have been playing your whole life. It's, I wonder, I wonder if those were things that they just didn't do or they couldn't do or they, I don't know. Because originally Super Skid Marks was this was planned on being basically an upgrade for the original Skid Marks, and then they packed so much stuff into the new version they just released a whole new version. But this sure. started out life just as a as an upgrade. Uh, well, so, yeah, but I mean th those would have been things that they could have added in well, as an upgrade. One, one, what, what, what I think may have happened is that they had planned this as an upgrade. Then at the last minute they decided to release it as a uh, as a standalone product, and since it was never purposely made to be a standalone product they didn't feel inclined to include a bunch of additional stuff that wasn't in the you're, first you're, one you're absolutely right and since this game sold a bunch of copies yeah. you know they probably weren't that inclined to improve upon it i mean why why try and make something better that's already selling right. well from a now, business I, perspective and i will say i've not played uh i've not played super skidmark enhanced cd-rom or super skidmark's farm yard edition and they could have I suppose it's possible that they could have added stuff to those, but I would be... 100% guarantee they did. Yeah, I'd say you're probably right. But, I mean, still, what they've got here... How many times have we had... It's funny, this conversation we keep having in the past couple months about these games that just missed the mark. Like, the bones of a, of a great gamer here. Uh, now, I will say, I'm not... Aside from the fact that, yeah, they didn't have any of the stuff we mentioned... The, I found this game incredibly difficult, Boat. Yeah. Now, the the AI is too hard. It's the too AI hard. is tough, and this game has a weird... Um, feature, it's it's sometimes it's good, but often it's bad. If you hit a car from behind, it's sort of like a built-in turbo. The mm -hmm. car you hit goes flying forward at a breakneck pace, but it also can fly off to the side or whatever. Uh, and it, but I found the game really hard to control and difficult. I tried using my joystick and my gamepad on this one, and I just had trouble, uh, like getting around the track. A lot of it depended on which car I was playing. I mean, it's so fast. I, I give them credit for cranking something up that goes so fast, but it's almost, in fact, I'm not going to say almost, it is too fast for me. Some of those cars are so fast, I just can't control them, and I would just get crushed. So I had to stick to the slowest conceivable cars I could to give myself a chance. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, when I did that, I could win occasionally, but when you get to the more difficult tr tracks, I found myself unable to get too far into this because the tracks were so hard. The funny thing about this is, I looked and at the magazine reviews, which were pretty positive, but some of the magazine reviews mentioned that the game was too easy. <laughs> which hmm, I was like, interesting. My God! And yeah. it just just to be, I was like, you know, maybe it's an NTSC PAL thing. So I played this on the Amiga uh, mm -hmm. in PAL mode, but it's still just as fast. Mm -hmm. You know, so I don't know why it was. I mean, I guess it's just really fast. I mean, did you find it ultra fast? Yeah, I yeah. mean, well, I, I, it's not that I found it to be too fast. I just felt like. When you design an AI, in my opinion, you should design it to where not all of the enemy cars are all the same speed. You know, you should stagger them out. Mario Kart, the first Mario Kart for the Super Nintendo, did a great job of this, where you had one or two carts that were ostensibly the leaders, and they were going to be the hardest ones to catch. But then you had some people that were medium speed, and you could catch them, and you had some people that were just way, way back there. So even if you didn't win a race, it was still possible to come in like sixth or fifth place and feel like you'd done something. Yeah. In this game, if you're not first, your last yeah uh something else i was going to mention you talked about the ai 
Uh, one of the tweaks that they did between this and the first game was, uh, at least according to them, is that they made the AI more intelligent, more mm-hmm. difficult. And mm-hmm. I think maybe they overshot the mark. Maybe so, yeah. You know, so maybe that maybe that's also part of it. But again, this game shines at its brightest in a multiplayer situation. And if we ever get a boat fest going, this is one of the ones I'm going to put on the list to get a bunch of Amigas hooked together and have a throwdown. Because if you've got uh, eight people playing this once, then you, you've got really got something fun there, I think. Yeah, and absolutely. That's a rare man. number of people that you know to play a game like this. And so I think it would be a, lot, a very neat experience uh, to, to try that. So something to put on that. But overall, my experience with this is, I mean, I like it. I've always been drawn to the look of it and the feel of it. But at the end of the day... It's just, it's just. I found it really difficult, and also, it's not what I go back to because of the lack of uh, features that you would expect in a game uh, like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, looked this up uh, to see how it how it fared uh, with the reviewers, uh, and it did it did pretty it did pretty well, all things considered. Lemon gives this eight point two six, very high uh, boat. Uh, Amiga Computing gave it an eighty nine. Amiga Format gave it a ninety two. Of course, this is 95. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amiga Joker at 85. It's funny, Amiga Magazine, they reviewed this in in April of 96, gave it a 5.5 out of 10. So that wow. was one. Yeah, that's the lowest by far. Amiga mm-hmm. Power gave this an 86. The One gave it an 88. And the average magazine rating, according to Lemon, was 88% on this boat. So that's pretty high marks. And this is one I hear a lot of people talk about, and it's mm-hmm. very popular. Yeah, it was, it's, it was it's, it's, it's a, a big popular seller. favorite. Yeah. How yeah, are we doing yeah. Discord on this one, Boat? We got some reviews. Our first one comes from Super Fami King. He says, I've always had a soft spot for Super Skid Marks. I'm a big fan of isometric and top-down racers with off-road racer on the nest being my favorite. Even though this scrolls rather than having a static screen, it still gives you a chance to see the corner approach, which is often a problem in similar games. I'm looking at you, Micro Machines. This game looks great, handles well, and has jaunty tunes and a fair difficulty curve. I also found it to have just that just one more go addictiveness. It does, however, have to lose points for one of the worst title and game select screens in the history of video yes. games. Seven out of ten. Yeah. Jason warns in his old classic one-word reviews, he says, superb, 8 out of 10. Mm. Chris Folds writes, I am a sucker for top-down and isometric racing games, and for me, this is one of the finest examples in the 16-bit era. In fact, it was me bribing Boat back in the day that got the game covered. Yeah, that was back in the day where we were easily bribed, unlike we now where we're just we're more difficultly me? bribed. Uh, great graphics and sound effects are combined with tight controls and fun gameplay from beginning to end. There are, however, a few things that prevent this from being a masterpiece. One, no career or championship mode taking you through all the cars and tracks in sequence. Two, cars are not upgradable. And three, the worst user interface ever made, which I noticed they fixed on the console ports. Well. 8.5 out of 10. A lot of the same complaints that we had. Yeah. Graham W. Vebke, the legend, he writes... This game is loved by many, but it feels a bit unfinished still, even though it's an improvement on the first game in the series visually. Maybe it's just the interface that gives that impression for me. The gameplay is good, but it somehow feels slower than the original. I guess that was an attempt to make it more playable, but I prefer the original. The music is okay, and the sounds are again good, but not as good as I think compared to the first game. Overall, it's a good game, and if you enjoy these types of games uh, like I do, there is some fun to be had here, 7 out of 10. So pretty positive reviews from the Discord community. You know, I want to mention, since that it just brought, got brought up, that this, again, we mentioned that this was one, uh, was released 
on the uh, Mega Drive, the Genesis mm-hmm. slash Mega Drive. I think this may have just been a Mega Drive release. Um, and I played this, and I know you did too. Uh, so let me hear, what did you think of the Genesis slash Mega Drive version of this thing, Boat? The game is rendered differently. It's it hard for me it's to describe. It's sort of or something. I yeah. Guess, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's I I can't maybe dithered is the right word for it, but it it has a different look to it. It's less jaggy, but I don't like the look as much. That's yeah. me. I like the Amiga yeah. version. You can also the see Amiga what's version coming. looks it looks more high tech. It looks almost more like the 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 models are more three D ish. Yeah. Uh, versus this more looks more like animated sprites. But again, I have no idea what's going on under the hood here. Um, there are a few things that the Mega Drive version does that they, there are little touches like the flags wave in yeah. the Mega Drive version. The infield uh, looks the, better. The yeah, the infield look looks better. better. Yeah. The, the people are moving around on the infield. Yeah. Um, Control wise, I found it to be pretty similar. I didn't find that they dumbed down the difficulty at all in yeah. the uh, in the Genesis ver- or the Mega Drive version. Um, and the, uh, the, uh, the 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 select screen looks a ton better. I mean, this looks like a console game. They put work into the other aspects of the game outside of the game proper. Um, so I, it's it's clear that they they had high hopes for this, uh, but uh, I'm not sure how well it sold coming out pretty late in the life of the Mega Drive, combined with the fact that it, it did only get a European release. So, um, yeah, it, but it is interesting that it did get a console release for sure. This is, I believe, reading somewhere um, that this might have been even the last Amiga-developed game released on a console. So, you know, a game that, that had its roots in the Amiga that was later got a console release. So pretty interesting if that's true. I agree with most of what you said. I don't agree with the menu. I mean, yeah, the menus look better than the Amiga version, but that's, I mean, who are we kidding? The menus here still stink. Well, that's all they're, I'm saying. They horrible. look better. They're, the, the way you pick your car and stuff, I mean, it's real goofy. Mm-hmm. And you can't back out of stuff. I mean, it's just, it was a disaster. So the mm-hmm. menu system, that's, I mean, Code. I think Codemasters did, the, did this version, yeah. And they are they dropped the ball big time. Again, I don't know how much they cared when they yeah. did it. The infield looks better. The graphics are more colorful. There are less cars in this. There are, of course, you can't add tracks and whatnot. Uh, there's less cars and less tracks. Uh, and I didn't get the same, uh, uh, what, what can I say, tactile pleasure from going around curves and loops, or going around curves and there's banks and stuff. They don't feel the same. Mm-hmm. This feels a little more off-roady. I mean, it still feels like Super Skid Marks, but... When you play the Amiga version, you go over to the uh, Mega Drive. It, I, I didn't like it as much. Uh, I thought it was easier. I will say that, uh, but not much, but a little bit, mm-hmm. a touch easier. Uh, but I, you know, if I'm going to play one, it's not going to be the Mega Drive one. It's just funny because the Mega Drive one sort of kind of looks better, but sort of kind of doesn't. Yeah. But as far it, as I'm it, concerned, it, I want the track to be like I like it, and really the rest of it, I'm, I, I, it's okay that they made it better, but the it, other one's it's not It's funny bad. because I didn't notice your comments about the track until you mentioned it. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. Like you can see the track elevation so much better in the Amiga version. It's yeah. so much clearer. Um, and I, I guess it's just down to the limitations of the of the Mega Drive, or maybe just the the not caring of the people that were doing the well, port. But that is a huge thing in, in the Amiga's favor. A I huge think thing. they did it. I think they think it's better. I mean, and, I'm, and mm. maybe it is to a certain. I like I say it looks. It does it look more natural than the Amiga? Yes. If you look at the Amiga when it renders a curve, I mean, you can see the jag in this and stuff. Like, right. But you can you're riding over. It's very strange. I like the less. 
I like the less artistic, more raw-boned feeling of going over those little bumps because you can feel them. Your car moves on them. Where mm-hmm. that dithered Mega Drive feel, it's just it's too smooth, and I can't see. I, it's hard to explain. Playing both, you'll understand what I'm talking about when you uh, get around to it. Uh, lastly, Boatster, uh, I did look this up on the eBay, uh, my friend. Um, if you're in Greece, you're in business. I saw one going for a uh, completed in box 13 bucks, but really, you can get these pretty much everywhere. Something I thought was goofy boat, and maybe, I don't know if anyone in chat room would know what, because I saw a guy selling a Super Skid Marks a CD, and it had a black and white cover, okay? And I thought, look at this sucker. He must have photocopied it. Well, then I looked, and they've all got a black and white cover. I was like, why is this black and white? Why would mm-hmm. you put a black and white cover in these CDs? Who would do Listen, that? Listen, you know, the, the cost-cutting of the later Amiga period. <laughs> Is that what we were no bounds. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, think about it. Who were they selling these guys? This game came out in 1995. Commodore was bankrupt. It was the end of the line, Listen, man. Boat, the new monkeys didn't have black and white covers in their CDs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, the low, the, the, the lowest end bands get a color, <laughs> color CD cover. I mean, this is the this is I don't know what was going on here, but yeah, I saw a ton of these black and white covers. Anyway, if you want one of these CDs with a black and white cover, twenty four bucks or eighteen bucks, there were plenty of, the, of these things floating around in the UK. Uh, I saw them going for varying degrees of price, so you you can be able to pick one up pretty easy if you're over there. Over here in the states, you're not getting jack squat. Mm-hmm. That's the way it goes, my friend. But that you know. I'm glad we went back and looked at this because we we spent about five minutes on it on the first show I think, <laughs> uh, and there's it does it definitely is a it's a game this is this is a lot like I'm telling you we just keep getting these games where I really want to like the game, but there are just some things about it that make me not want to play it. Well, you, you know? know the problem is is that we've played so many games and we've played so many great games that we know exactly what needs to happen and it that you know you've got to think about you know the people that were playing you know the people that were developing super skid marks they might not have had the luxury to play the breadth of games that we've been able to play over the you know the 30 years since this game was released so i cut them a little bit of slack but part of the show is just talking about you know what could have put this game over the edge so i understand the fact that hindsight's 2020 and we have an advantage but it doesn't stop me from saying boy it would have been great if they would have done this this and this hey one more thing i wanted to mention uh, before we go we we're talking about when we we're talking about blitz basic just to go back to that for a minute I, I got a list here of games for the Amiga that were made with Blitz Basic. Commercial Was Sword games. of Sodan one of them? No. How dare you? <laughs> Sword of Sodan is a, is a, a monument to man's genius. Straight anyway, machine language. Bare metal. Uh, a couple of the games released. Now, this is according to this list here. And you know how these lists are as you pull them mm-hmm. from the from God knows where. Uh, amongst the games, and we've, re- we've reviewed several of these, was the original Worms and Worms Director's Cut was, were made... The, if you'll recall, the original Worms was like a, a, a thing a guy made to and then tried to sell you know, mm-hmm. back in the day. And so I read some people talking about how much of it was made with Blitz Basic, uh, Blitz Basic on the uh, final release. But apparently quite a bit because it was mentioned in the uh, on the CD or somewhere. So uh, you know, it's some, they thanked Blitz Basic. So you could say that Worms and Worms' the director's cut were had some Blitz Basic in them. A couple other ones that caught my eye here. Along the lines of what we played were Skid Marks, of course, and Road Kill. If you'll recall, we played Road Kill. Yeah. Uh, and so that, and another, uh, like, top down racing game. So I thought that was kind of neat. Uh, and a bunch more that I've never heard of here. But it, there, there were, there were probably, I think it says 21 games that they've got listed. 
pretty decent amount of these Blitz Basic games that got uh, uh, released. And this does show, the, if, if what I've read in 95% of this game was done on Blitz Basic, that's a heck of a, that's a, heck of a, uh, a system for making games. Because Absolutely. you could really, if you could put this together, it gives you a lot of, uh, gives you a lot of options for what can be done in the future, Boaster. Mm-hmm. That's all I yeah. got, my friend. All right, man. Well, let's kick it on over to our community section of the show and talk about what we've been t- doing over on the YouTubes. Very good, very good. Well, listen, we've had a, we, I think we had a pretty decent week this week, Boat. Not a ton of stuff, but we got we got it going. Let's start as we often do with myself. I hate to talk about myself, but, but I'm going to do it one more time, Boat. <laughs> and this is myself and the Brent. You may have heard of him, Nefarious. The Brent. And this week we did the genius category, Bird. Bird game. I don't know what, what game that is that's on the screen right now, but I want you to play that game. That game looked great. It was some I, kind of penguin. I didn't see rocking. what it was. Uh, but it, uh, I'm, if that That's was, it right there. I think we actually played this already, believe it or not. I'm, oh, no. I don't know what this is. I haven't played that. Looks that looks great. Um, so we had to pick two games that, uh, that had birds in a boat, you know. And so I picked for the Sega CD thirty or the Sega thirty two X, excuse me, uh, the Hummingbird Simulator Shoot'em game Calibre uh, boat. Did you have the a, a go with this? This is one. You know, it's funny because when I listen to all the reviews, yeah. this is a game that I fired up. I couldn't figure out what was going on, and I turned it off because I was like, you know what. This is, I, I can't review this because I don't know what's going on. And I wish that I'd taken the time to read the manual because you presented this in a very compelling way, and it kind of made me want to play the game. When I first played this game, and I, I, I had been tipped off because I'd heard the guys over at the, the – in fact, somewhere in the back of my head, I, I remembered, and of course they also mentioned it, was the fact that I'd heard the guys over at the Pixel Gaiden talking about this game. <clears throat> and I knew – I thought to myself, there's no way – that boat will play this game because I know you and all this crap. I always read the manual and crap. You may do it on the PC, but on consoles, I know you're not going out and getting the manual. That's, that's why I, pl- I play consoles so I don't have to read the manual. Well, listen, in this game, you got to read the manual. So if you're in the, yeah. if you're in the bizarre uh, hummingbird games, Calibre is your jam. And then Brant picked some obscure game yeah. called Ducktales for the NES. <laughs> and so we went around and I will say Ducktales. Uh, I, I had played this a little bit in the past. And it's it's a it's a good it's your kind of game and I believe you said you beat this this uh, last yeah I week, beat it for the very free you know I sat down I knew that you guys were covering it, and I was like I'm gonna sit down I'm gonna beat this thing yeah so uh, and uh, it, one of my all time favorites Bam. I mean it's it, it yeah go. it's great and uh, I thought that you both made some good points about the game and uh, so this is one of my favorite you know you guys have been on fire here lately I love this show I love the uh, Neo Pocket battle it's been the first battle episode that I, I I've really enjoyed that you guys have done so good work. On the ARG team, Thank man. You. I will. I will say, we're, uh, Sunday we're going to record a game on the Gamate. Uh, yes. And if you're in our Discord and you feel like playing some Gamate games, it's a it's a Game Boy competitor from Bleep Taiwan. Uh, in our uh, ARG reviews area, you can, or maybe it's in our ARG presents area on the Discord, you can go and download a complete package that plays like fifty or sixty Gamate games. You don't do nothing but just open it up and run it. So if you feel like jumping in, sending in some reviews, uh, come on over. But yeah, the gamate this week should be a lot of fun. So next, hey, more me. You remember when I said I was sick of talking about me? <laughs> I'm never sick of me. And I'm back again. Uh, last Friday, uh, it was crazy, crazy Amiga game night. And we played all kinds of crazy stuff, man. I mean, and, and some of it was good. Some of it was bad. 
and some of it was really bad. <laughs> so there's no in between. <laughs> but we played. They look. Could you turn this down? The final it's countdown. It's the anal. Oh, final countdown. Anal. Where were you <laughs> That's going what it with looks that, like, man? Look at it. No, look both. at that screen. No one sees anal right there except for you. So I don't know what that means. Uh, look at this boat. That's the bottom of the screen. Is a chick with red hair. This was called Thunder Jaws boat. This was. Man, this. Where's the AGSC at with that? Listen, this was great. This was great. I'm not gonna lie to you. And then in between, look at this boat. Holy, could you believe this? Oh man, that I was know. Great. I know it was. It was awesome. You know, so there's. <laughs> if you want to see some real uh, obscure Amiga stuff, and then as a as a uh, tribute to my buddy Flack, I took a brief intermission to show off some old Dungeons and Dragons modules. I don't remember man, what got it started. You're wasting it. You should make those separate videos. People love that stuff. Hey, listen. It was it was spur of the moment. That's how we roll. And you can see I'm going through these. Hey, a couple real rarities in there. So if you want to watch a big goober play a couple hours of Amiga games and then occasionally just some D and D stuff off, this is the stream for you. Check us out. We, and I should mention I'll be back tonight with some more crazy Friday night stream action. So let's move on. Now here I was I was up for this one too. Speaking of speaking of the devil, he shall appear. It's our old pal Jack Flack, Rob Flack O'Hara, and he's back. With a wacky, it's not that wacky. It's a puzzly game for the C64. Yeah, uh, and this game is called uh, Grid Picks. Have you are you familiar with this one, Boat? So this is this is based on a very popular genre of games that is probably most famous on the Nintendo consoles. Really? Uh, the, yeah, this is this is based on a game called Picross. Uh -huh. And uh, this and uh, this was these games never really achieved the fame in the United States that they did in Japan. I've heard of but that they game. they've been released, you know, on a pretty steady basis since I think the DS. I think the DS was the first one. Um, and uh, these are it's basically what you're doing is you have a grid and uh, there are numbers on the side on each of the axes of the grid. And that's telling you what you have to color in and you're revealing a picture underneath. Yeah, uh, I, I really like the Picross games. Uh, it's funny, when I lived in Korea, I had a Game Boy Light. The Game Boy Light, if you'll recall, is the Game Boy that was like the Game Boy Pocket, but it was actually backlit. There was a backlit Game Boy released only in Japan called the Game Boy Light. Yeah. And I bought that, and I bought a copy of Mario's Picross from a store in Japan. It was all in Japanese, but who cares because it's Picross. Right. Uh, and I would play a couple of these puzzles every night just to, you know, kind of get in the sleeping mood. I really enjoy Picross. I actually own it on the Switch as well. This game was too puzzly. This... This looks like way too much math and thinking for my taste. There's no math involved at all. Well, it's, I know, it's literally counting numbers. Lots, the counting is math. Newsflash. So, I, I listen, I would rather just go dive Bob Suckers with a hummingbird, personally. But, I will say, after watching this for a while, it's funny what you get into. Because I sat and watched him play this, I'm like, what is this? Then I said, oh, geez, what is this? And after a while, I'm like, oh, look, it's, it's, it's an umbrella. Like, I was like... <laughs> Yeah, if that doesn't thrill you, you're not going to like Picross. <laughs> no, 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 it's no. I mean, that was very the, low res, eight bit pictures. That was the thrilling part. I was like, wait a minute, I do see this picture. I started <laughs> seeing these things. I'm like, oh my god, I'm getting it. You oh, know? and, and I, I, I've got to, uh, I've got to give a shout out to Da Crabs in the chat because Da Crabs was with me when I bought the Game Boy Light in Japan. Oh man, this guy, you guys get around. I should also mention that in true Flack fashion, uh, he stops midway through this to talk about all the various cars he's. 
never never accept a ride from this man. I can tell you this. This guy drove like an idiot and treated his cars like absolute go- double garbage. He was killing these things. His stories were so ludicrous that I couldn't believe them. They were so- There's the G- speaking of geos. There you go. Yeah, he put speakers in the back of this that blew- that basically effectively dis disassembled the back end of this car. He did a bunch of goofy crap. Look at him. He's a goofy guy. This black. But if you want to hear some wacky, I mean wacky, straight up wacky tales, and watch a guy play a weird puzzle game, this is the stream for you. I endorse it. Fully endorse that boat. Uh, let's have a look right here. Now, this, I believe, is a Hermsky joint. Is it not, Boat? That's right. Hermsky, uh, this is his second installment of this series where he goes through a tape magazine, 1648. So this these were like, you know, serially released cassettes yeah. that contained a variety of games. A lot of these games have never been on, uh, you know, they've, ne- they've not gotten a lot of YouTube action before. And uh, this is, uh, this is a- another collection brought to us by the man, Hermsky himself. It's funny. I, I watched last week's video. It much like the puzzle game. Watching Hermsky play these like text adventures and stuff, and, and these type in games. It's it, it's it is strangely relaxing. <laughs> I hate to say it, and, and it's enjoys. And you also you, I like the fact that uh, you you get a flavor for what was going on back in that time. It's fun, you know. Mm-hmm. And you're right, Hermsky's doing. He's going out and doing something totally different. Uh, and I like it, man. I like what he's got going, uh, and he knows his stuff too. It's fun to watch. This makes me want to get to your. Uh, this makes me really want to get the uh, the uh, Spectrum next. In fact, I was I watched his last video and started. That's when I started asking around on how to get the Amiga Spectrum next stuff working. If you saw it, in oh Discord, boy, here we go it was again. Exactly. After, well, I can't help myself, folks. <laughs> I don't have a Spectrum, man. I want. I want to have something. So, listen. Check out Hermsky. Check out his entire catalog. All good stuff. Solid gold, and he's thinking outside the box, man. That's what I like about mm. it. Look at the graphics right there, by the way. Beautiful, eh? Yeah. Got the, I like the, uh, the shading. I guess it's a pool table. You can do a lot with a little, which I always mm-hmm. like. Oh, that's part of it, man. It's part of the appeal, right? Um, now, here it is, Boat. Holy cow. It's been uh, two months in the making, I think. But this is it. Frodo finally folds the tent up and puts away the ColecoVision this week with his last round on the Mister with the FPGA on the ColecoVision, uh, and I actually caught some of this uh, when he when he did it. Uh, again, there's a ton of stuff for the ColecoVision that I have never ever seen, boat. And there's I doubt you've games. seen it either. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got they they really went into some different areas on the mm-hmm. ColecoVision that and, and and I like the fact that I mean, uh, uh, Frodo is thorough. He goes through these things and he doesn't just like flip through and be like, "Guys, oh, this is crap." Not like you with Calibre. He sits down and gives it a shot. He's not. He he goes and tries hard. He doesn't just turn it off after two minutes. He goes to work. That's what I like about Frodo. And that's why he takes his time. His, mm-hmm. He'll go two three hours. He wants to get the complete thing done. That's what I like yeah. about it. So and I'll tell you what. If I ever have any ColecoVision questions, he's the man I'm going to. Yeah. He's explored the entire library. I noticed over the weekend if you catch any of his streams. And by the way. Uh, uh, a lot of the fellows that contribute to uh, uh, our channel here on uh, Amigas Retro Gaming also are streamers, and I noticed that he was playing some Super Nintendo uh, this weekend. Boat was right up your alley. 
Yeah. So, so yeah. I'm I guess he's going back to the original release. He's playing uh, the the twenty uh, select twenty four games from the first yeah. year or two of release. So and pretty a cool. Couple, a couple weeks ago, he played all the uh, he played all the different versions of Manic Miner, and I believe if he hasn't done it, he was going to do. I think he was playing a crapload of different Froggers. I believe was also coming down the line. So that should be entertaining as well, Boaster. Good stuff. Yeah. I think. That is all we've got in the video realm, my friend. Oh, okay. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on on This Week in Retro, Aaron. All right. So uh, this is the show that Neil and I do uh, every week, and a new episode is actually going to have dropped uh, as you hear this, unless you're watching it live, because I'm going to put it up uh, on the on the Internet uh, yeah. as soon as we get on taping. Uh, we talk about, Aaron, did you know that there is a uh, a voodoo card? You know, Do you remember the voodoo card, Aaron? Are you kidding? Of course. Of course really? I do. Yes. I've never heard of the voodoo card before. You're a Mac guy. I wasn't what guy. you call a PC gamer. Yeah. No um, kidding. And so, but apparently it was a big deal. Well, somebody has gone and reverse engineered the voodoo card, Aaron. So Neil gives us a rundown on that. Pretty cool. Wow, uh, we they talk about those. Yeah, actually, it's funny. He talked. He 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 goes through the whole story, and then at the end, he's like, "Nobody's actually seen this thing in action before, and there are no pictures of it." <laughs> so. It could be some guy on the internet just posted, hey, I reverse engineered the voodoo card, and everybody believed him because it was awesome. Let me say this, and I, get, I, haven't, I haven't, you haven't posted this week in retro, so I haven't seen it yet, but the market for a a cheap voodoo card is there because I see people all the time, they're reveling. It's like, woohoo, I've got a 2021 sound card. I mean, I was tossing these things out in the garbage back in the day, these P- these ISA sound cards. And now people are like, they can't pay enough for them. i got to have them. And, okay. and I guarantee you the voodoo card's going to be the same way. People this thing are has hungry been, for that. Yeah, this thing has been. There are pictures of this thing. I don't think anybody's seen it, or at least Neil has not seen it in action yet. But, the, yeah, there are pictures of this thing, and it looks very impressive. I'm like, assuming it looks... it's going to be a Banshee-style card, because you know, the original voodoo card, you had to have another video card with a pass-through. Well, I'll the... tell you this. This thing has four fans mounted to the top of it. Good so it Lord! Is... <laughs> yeah. What the hell's it doing? <laughs> it, it looks insane. I'll have to. I'll, I'll drop the link in the in the in the notes uh, area in the in the stream there for people that are watching on the stream. But uh, yeah, it looks pretty pretty insane. So uh, that's actually anyway, come with an anchor to keep your f- computer from flying off in a very yeah. direction. So uh, <laughs> and then we've also got uh, a story where there's a guy, Aaron, and I'm sure that you've seen this, being the Coco fan that you are, uh, the Omni VR treadmill, the multi-directional treadmill. I've heard there's I've a guy seen those, but I've never seen by real. I've never used one. Obviously. Well, get ready to watch a guy hook one up to a Coco and play Dungeons of Dargoth or whatever that game is, because he does it all, man. You're kidding and me. So, I'm not kidding at all. I'm not kidding at all. His name is Ben Drakes, uh-huh. and uh, he is he is a, he is an Omni owner, and he's also a Coco owner, and he's combined the two. So we talk about that. Yeah. Uh, we talk about a. Uh, there's been an arcade game found in a field in Ireland, abandoned. It's one of the rarest arcade games of all time. It's called the R360. 
This is a plane flying simulator type game, and it is one of those fully environmental cockpits where you can, it actually will rotate. It won't do full 360 degrees, but it'll take you up on the side. Do you remember seeing pictures of these things? Yeah, there was, I think G-Lock was one of those. Yeah, G-Lock was one and of the games think, too, right? Wasn't there an afterburner thing that was like that as well? I, that's I, right. That's the, that's the game that this was. It was the it's sort of afterburner type I'm actually, game. Is it, now, is this one, like, is it like a cage around it? And the it thing, right. Yeah, I've actually been in arcades where they those things were operational my buddies have oh, played cool. those oh yeah oh that's and awesome let me tell you something they jerk you around man oh they're they're pretty crazy but the problem with those things is every arcade i went to a lot of them had those and inevitably they would break and then mm-hmm. you can just sit in them and play the game and the thing doesn't move who wants to do that lame yeah yeah you know, so. so the story the, the, there's an interesting story behind this where apparently when the game broke the, the proprietors of the establishment brought it out to a shed in the field, and it's been so long, the shed actually decomposed around the machine, and only the rusting hulk of the machine is left in the field. Man, that's, that's a West Virginia-level shed right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. had a tobacco ad printed on the side of it. <laughs> and finally, Aaron, there's a new SD card solution for the MSX. I know oh, the yeah. MSX is uh, a fantastic computer. I wish I owned one. Uh, and they finally got an SD card storage solution for that. So if you're interested in hearing uh, uh, Neil from RMC and me have a, uh, a lively discussion about these and other stories, uh, head over to the This Week in Retro YouTube channel, and you can uh, subscribe and, and watch. And we want to thank our producer, Duncan Stiles, who's here with us in the chat this evening, for putting all the video and every all the overlays and stuff together to make it a, re- a really fun experience to watch. You know, uh, I think Sanction has one of those MSX, because if you'll recall, he did a video a couple weeks ago on the channel. Yeah, and I th- that's and he right. Had, I think he had one of those. Pretty neat. Oh, cool. Uh, pretty, pretty neat gimmick that, that if you had an MSX. Now, that's something else I've got built uh, built into the old Amiga here. If I can, uh, So that's, that's on my list. Just yeah, put it that yeah. way. <laughs> as soon as I get the next work, and that's the MSX is next on the docket, boot. All right, and our final community update this week, Aaron, is our high score challenges. So if you've not yet jumped in, we've still got the vaccine high score challenge going on. And <laughs> in, the spec- in, the hi- in the Specky high score challenge, the TLL high scores are coming fast and furious. So um, make sure you check out both of those if you're interested in playing those contests. All run for one more week until a new game is announced. Hey, before we move on, I want to mention two things. Firstly... Uh, I'm, and I'm sure you saw this. Uh, our good buddy Neil over from RMC uh, uh, just put up a video about him working on the cave. I found right. that pretty interesting. If you want to check him out, I always enjoy uh, seeing his progress over there. Boy, he's a lucky man to have all that. And yeah. also, uh, <clears throat> I want to, once again, last week was the 200th episode for the uh, the uh, Coco Talk gang over there. So a, a hearty hi-ho to them. They said some nice stuff about us, even though you were there. And uh, and we appreciate, we appreciate them. And good work, guys. Hopefully another 200 coming down the pike. Yeah. And finally, on a more somber note, uh, we want to give a special shout-out to our buddy uh, Digital Maniac 3K, a.k.a. Blair. Mm. Uh, Blair was involved in a uh, an auto accident last week. And uh, he's he's okay, but he's pretty banged up, and his car is pretty banged up too. So yeah. we our, our, our thoughts and our prayers go out to Blair. Uh, we wish you all the best, man. Get well soon. Yeah, that was a uh, that guy's had a rough he, he's had a rough go of it, Boatster. So yeah, he could use the he could use the good karma. Yeah, man. All right, 
Now it comes to the time of the show where we thank all the fine, fine folks that keep this show going week after week, 289 weeks straight, Aaron. We're going to start off with all of the people that surprise surprise us by subscribing to us that's, on Twitch. That's how you're going to bill it? <laughs> So uh, you can subscribe to us on Twitch uh, if you enjoy watching the show live, or even if you don't, you can always go back. You know, there's stuff on the Twitch channel that we never move to YouTube. There's stuff that's exclusive to there. Yeah. Uh, if you want to watch all the uncut streams of the show where me and Aaron sit around and badmouth everybody we know, okay, that's just me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but before the show starts, uh, you can you can check it out. Um, we want to thank Blue Train, Night Rider eighty two, Retro Jerry, Da Crabs, MTG. Hermski, Still Adolescing, Mitsuyama, Frodo NL, John Marshall 3, Christian Russell, Jigglebox, Captain Chaos DK, Bruce Sayer, Rob Flack, O'Hara, Lamasta, Wide World of Retro, Bigfoot's Armpits, Pints and Amiga, Negsol, Retro Rewind.ca, Eeyore 4077, Barkbit, Buck Owens, Uber Scuba Diver, Chronosnet, Macintosh Librarian, Gary Heather, and that's it. That's the list. <laughs> Next, I just make uh, up a name. Almost Big said Kill Bjorn Barman. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, Aaron, uh, last week, uh, we uh, the Patreon song. <gasps> this one, this one surprised me. This one surprised. I really thought that more people would get this, but only one person did, and that person was Frodo. NL. That's Poor right. Frodo. The only Frodo we know. Uh, last week's song was Everything's All Right from the Broadway musical Jesus Christ Superstar. That's the song you picked to perform. That's the all song songs. I picked. They got so many good ones. Listen. On a second thought, I don't want to hear you butcher some of the more <laughs> classic tunes from a good show. <laughs> yeah, I, I was right. thinking maybe you forgot the song this week. I could just close this sucker down. But you're gonna sing, aren't you? That's right. Oh, That's right. God so bless. If you, oh. Now I do need to get. I do need to get a sip, a sip of the water. Fancy water tonight. My God, how much sipping are you? Are you a camel? <laughs> Listen, you got to fuel up before you uh, before yeah. you sing. <clears throat> what? Clearing the pipes. So now he's if, ready. If you know this week's Patreon song challenge, please send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com, and uh, I will congratulate you as a winner on next week's episode. David Z, George Rosansky, The Amiga Show, Daniel Crabtree, Super Family King, Crazy Loomis William, Venture Scar. Heavy Systems Inc., Bundy, Frag Lord, Mark Byland, Olaf Hope, Hermski, Jonah, A.K. Simulant, Alien Breeder, David Loss, Raptor Cowboy Boy, Lane Dinson, Luke Hudson, John Cook, Bomb the Bass, Frodo NL. Soul Incisor Tech, Major and Mr. Cola, Daniel Williams, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Zorg Love, Reflection Simon Ledge, Captain Crispy, Kilobytes and Caffeine, Gary Heather Free Lunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobster Minator. Tenement and Amiga Retrocast, Bernard Quinn, 
RMC Tim, Drew Simon, Rose Joseph Harrison, Kyle Rob O'Hara, Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig, Sean Zobombe, Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, Lickelot, Alec Bob, Jake O'Day, Lebedo, John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRosa, Crippy the Dead Boy, Figure City Z, the Slow Norris, Stephen Sargon, Mortensen, Edmund Helen, Mando 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi, Albert, Chris Foles, Lawrence, Jura, Graham, Beb, Key, Adam Badley, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker, Paul Bossman, Duncan Styles, Taves from the Crib, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy, Homer Stott, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Calls, Jason Warns, Pixels at Dawn, and Kyomyeon Man. Man. That was absolute trash. Just What? Just, I feel like that was my finest performance. That was the worst thing you've Did ever you see done. my dance moves I've been working Is on? Is that what that was? I thought you had a spasm kicking. No. In. What was listen, this? What was I going got a here? VA, that was my Black said it looked like you were milking a cow. <laughs> that's that, that was that was that's that's the move. That's, that's what the, the kids move? do these days. Yeah. What kids? Lock listen. those kids up. <laughs> if they start doing that, they're no good. Don't let these guys lose the society. Horrible. Appalling. Embarrassing. <laughs> So, next week, Aaron, we're going to be playing, speaking of horrible, awful, and embarrassing, we're going to be playing Captain Planet, Aaron, picked by Simulant, widely considered to be one of the worst games on the Cartoon Classics pack on the Amiga. Have you ever seen the show? I can sing the song right now. Because I I was going to say, if any kid on Earth was a fan of that show, (laughs) it's the guy in the sweater vest or whatever right there. That's he got was you written favorites. all over it. Did I you ever... did look up to CP. That's what we called him. Is that what? <laughs> oh, I'm going to watch one episode this week to prep for that show. For that show. <laughs> all right. We do want to thank the Amigos Game Selection Committee for not for that. Picking, we don't <laughs> for picking Super Skin Marks and for picking Captain Planet. You got to take the bad with the good. No, I don't. Why? And, uh, <laughs> and of course, we want to thank our, our sponsor, RetroRewind.ca. Remember, you can save 10% off your order right now until March 31st by using the promo code AmigosRock. Yeah. All right, Aaron. Clearly, it's time that to promo code isn't based on what you just did. <laughs> I guess they could we'll put see you guys suck next in week. there. Until then, <laughs> adios. Adios. <laughs>